It is a privilege to be with you this morning on behalf of the eldership of the Forest Park Church of Christ in Valdosta, Georgia. I bring you greetings. I do work with the Latin America Missions, which is the work of the Forest Park Church in Valdosta. At the Bible class hour, I will kind of explain more about that. But it is just a joy to be with you. I hear a lot of good things about this congregation. I have met a few of you over the years at Polishing the Pulpit, and it is just wonderful to be with you today. Today, uh, I, I thought back and forth, what will I talk about when I go to this congregation? Because basically I know nothing of the congregation other than uh, the work, but individually I don't know anything about the congregation. So what was I going to talk about? And then I started thinking about what would I want to talk about if I was coming to Forest Park. And I said, well, their congregation is probably very similar to our congregation. We're about the same size. And so I chose a lesson that I entitled, Where Are You Sitting? Now, more than likely, you have heard a lesson very similar to this over the years because this is not one that is original with me. Many gospel preachers have used lessons like this before, but it's one that I believe will get us to thinking about our personal relationship with God. This morning, I want you to be thinking about your relationship with God. I want to take a few moments this morning to, to put away the things of our busy lives, and put it kind of behind us and, and turn that part of our brain off. And I want us to concentrate about our Christian life, our Christian faith, our relationship with God Almighty. And this morning, I ask each one of us to look at ourselves as we examine what the Word of God says. This morning, we're going to have several chairs, as you've seen, that we're going to, to display across the front of the auditorium. And these chairs are going to be here for your benefit. These chairs are going to be here to help you to identify where you are spiritually, on your road to salvation. Because each person in the auditorium this morning, whether you're young or old, whether you're a babe in Christ or mature Christian, or maybe whether you are even outside of Christ. But before our lesson is complete this morning, you're going to find yourself sitting in one of these chairs. These chairs will represent categories of each and every one of us in the auditorium today. And each one of us must be honest with ourselves in order for this to be in a lesson that will be helpful to us. We must be honest with ourselves. You see, God Almighty already knows what chair that you will be sitting in this morning. He knows where you're at on your road to salvation. He knows where you're at spiritually. And friends, so do you. You know where you're at spiritually in your life. And today, 
we're going to use the chairs to help us to identify that, to help it become clear in our mind. So the first chair that we're going to set up is the person who has never been baptized into Christ. This person has never put on Christ in the watery grave of baptism. This person has never fully believed in Jesus Christ. But the person that sits in this chair this morning is safe. Because they are safe because they have never been lost. They have never been lost. When I think of the people that sits in this chair, I think of my grandbaby. Eighteen months old, Laney. Laney would sit in this chair. I think of the little boys and the little girls that will be going to Bible class in a few moments. I think of the newborn babes and, that have been born into the young families. These are the people that are sitting in this chair. And these people are safe in the arms of Jesus because they've never been lost. One day, one day they will know sin and what it has to do with their life. But today, as they stand here today or sit here today, they are safe. They're not lost because they were born pure. They were born innocent beings before God. As a matter of fact, Jesus says in Matthew 18, in verse 3, Assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as a little child, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. These young children are examples to each one of us. They are examples because God says that the kingdom of heaven is like these children. It's made up of these children. And I want these young people to understand that they are in a safe relationship with God. Safe in the arms of Jesus. But it doesn't have to be just a, a small child that sits here today. It can be a, a person that has the, the body of an adult, but they have the mind of a child. This reminds me of a, a young lady who was in her early 20s when I were, was in uh, Bremen, Georgia. When I first married my wife, she was a young lady, but she had the mental capacity of a 10 or 11 year old. She would come to the, the teenage classes and she would try to read and follow along the lessons, but she could not quite understand about sin. She didn't understand about our goals for salvation. She didn't understand these things, but she was safe. And today this young lady, though has passed from this life, she is safe in the arms of Jesus. And I want all of these young people 
and the people like this to understand that Jesus has provided for them safety because of their ability to understand. The next chair that we're going to place is very similar in some ways to the first chair. This person has never been baptized into Christ either. In fact, they are they're outside of Christ. But the difference in between this person and the first person is that they do understand. They can understand what the Bible would have them to do. They can understand when I say the words, Jesus is Lord. They can understand what that means. Or when I quote the passage of Scripture from Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved, and he that believeth not will condemned. They understand what those words mean. Yet, for some reason, and, and, and I don't understand the reason, I don't know what their story is, but more than likely they have some type of story that is the reason that they have not been baptized into Christ. But I don't know what it is, but they do. But for one reason or the other, they have made the decision to never be baptized into Christ. Because of that, this pe- the people that sit in this chair are outside of Christ. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, the Bible says... Paul, in talking, as he talked to the Christians at Rome, he says basically these words. I want you to to look, to go back. I want you to go back to when you were baptized into Christ. I want you to go back to when you were baptized into His death. I want you to go back, in verse 4, when you rose from the watery grave in the newness of life. I want you to remember, remember when you were washed, when you were clean, when your sins were taken away. But the person that sits in this chair, they can't tell me that story. They can't tell me about the time that they were baptized into Christ. They can't tell me about the time that that when they came forward that particular day to be baptized, and they put them in the baptistry like I was when I was a, a younger person. I was so short, they couldn't see my head over the top of the baptistry. They had to put a chair in the baptistry for me to stand on so the audience could see. You see, I have a story to tell. I have a a memory of that particular day in Lyrely, Georgia, when I was baptized into Christ and had my sins washed away. And many in this audience would have that same type of story. But you know, the person that sits in this chair, he doesn't have that story. He's outside of Christ. And it may be that the person that sits in this chair 
is a person that has been immersed, but they had have done it for the, the wrong reason. They were not able to uh, understand what they were doing when they were baptized. Or maybe the person that sits in this chair did it because a, a group of people were doing it at the same time. It reminds me of when I was directing Bible camp several years ago. It was pretty uh, normal when you were directing Bible camp for a lot of teenagers to come forward for, during the invitation. And when I was in Inagahi in Douglasville, Georgia, it, it became looked like a pattern. Because all the boys seemed to want to come down the same night and to be baptized that night. But then all the girls would want to come and give them all hugs. And I don't know if it was planned or what, but it almost looked that way. Because every year during camp, the boys would come and the girls would give them hugs. And if it wasn't a plan, that's good. But if it was a plan... That's not a very good plan. You see, when we do something for the wrong reasons, it doesn't mean anything. The next chair that we're going to look at is one that I would say is the very best chair. Because the person that sits in this chair has been baptized for the remission of their sins. This is the chair that, that God would die for, for you to sit in that chair this morning. Maybe you sit in this chair. Because the person that sits in this chair is the baptized believer in Jesus Christ. The person that sits in this chair can tell me the story of the day that they were baptized and had their sins washed away. The person that sits in this chair believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And it's the most important thing in his life. It rules his life. This person is on fire for the cause of Christ. They love to come to worship. They love to sing songs of praise unto him. And they love to serve God. Everything in their entire life is centered around Jesus Christ and His church. And it rules His life. Paul would write in the book of Romans in chapter 12 and verse 11 and 12 as he describes this person. He is not lagging in diligence. He's fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Everybody that knows this person, they know that he loves the Lord. Everybody that works around this person knows that he is a faithful Christian because the way that he conducts his life. They know where he stands. Everyone knows that knows him. Have I got to your chair yet? For some of you, I have. For some of you, I have found your chair already. But I know that an audience of this size, that there's some more chairs that will relate to other people. As we look at 
Number four, chair. Number four, chair, is similar to number three. Very similar because the number four chair is a person that has been baptized into Christ. Number four chair is the person that has had their sins washed away. The number four chair is a person that can tell me the story about the day they put on Christ in baptism. They have a story. The day that they were born again. But something happened. Something has happened in their life. And, and, and I don't know what it is. I don't know exactly what happened. Maybe they don't even know. Or when it happened or why it happened. And sometimes maybe they wish that it had never happened. But it did. And if you were to completely be honest this morning, the young person or the, young, the man or the lady was at one time completely on fire for the cause of Christ. At one time in their life, they couldn't wait to tell other people what they had done to be saved. But something's happened. Something has changed in their life. And now they have gone, grown cold. And if we were being honest this morning, and that's the only thing that would do any good for any of us, because we have nothing to hide from God, because He already knows before we make that confession that we have fallen out of love with Jesus. You're here this morning, but there's a good possibility that you won't be back tonight. You're here this morning, and maybe you'll be back next Sunday or Wednesday. We'll just have to wait and see. You're here this morning, and if the truth be known, there's probably some people sitting in the audience that maybe is a, a little surprised that you're here because you haven't been here in Maybe many weeks, months. The person that sits in this chair might be one that in a few weeks they'll be coming back because it's Thanksgiving or, or Christmas and they're coming back for that, that special day. But for the most part, you don't see them very often. They used to come faithfully. They used to be here every time the doors were open. And if we look around, there might even be some that's not even here today that would fall into that category. Because their love for Jesus Christ has grown cold. Which chair do you sit in? Well, some might say, well, Spen, I, I, I'm really... I'm really just just confused. I, I'm not sure uh, which one that I was set in this morning. You see, I'm adult. I'm an adult. I'm I'm not a child. 
I've been baptized, but I wouldn't say that I'm on fire for, for Jesus. But I don't think I'm cold either. Maybe I'm somewhere between these two. Between on fire and, and cold. Once again, I'm a baptized believer in Jesus Christ. This person can tell me the story of what happened the day that they had their sins washed around away. But you look at their life today and say, well, I'm really not hot, I'm really not cold, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of in the middle. You know, Jesus had a term for this. Jesus called this person lukewarm. I mean, I come to church sometimes. I pray sometimes. I give some. I try to be a good person sometimes. I'm really not hot, not really not cold, just just somewhere in the middle. Can I ask you this morning, if you were to have to come forward this morning, if we started in the back and, and walked everybody up here single file, and you had to sit in one of these chairs just for a few seconds, and then go back to your seat and sit down, which chair would you have to sit in this morning? You know, in an audience this, this large, it still wouldn't take long to do it. You could do that. You could run everybody by here and they could sit in their chair. But you know what? We don't have to do that today. I can look at your faces and I can see some of you would be very confident. You know exactly which chair you'd be sitting in. But there's some in the audience that are a little bit disturbed about it. They're not real sure. They might be in this one. They might be in that one. Sometimes they're in this one. Sometimes they're in that one. Going back and forth. My friends, if we're honest with ourselves, we know what chair that we're sitting in this morning. But the matter of the fact is that God knows what chair that you're sitting in this morning. We don't have to march you up here. God knows. You know. And that's the ones that matter. Our lesson text this morning comes from Revelation chapter 3. Verses 14 through 16, and as he read it this morning, writing to the angels of the church of the Laodiceans, right? 
These things, saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, beginning of creation of God. He says, I know your works. And you are neither cold nor hot. So I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You know, that is a a passage of Scripture that really gets to me because that's something I can't stand to be around. When my children were small and they threw up, my wife really couldn't be around it. She would take off the other direction and leave that part to me. She handled everything else, but she couldn't handle that. And sometimes when we're eating different kinds of food, it might make our stomachs turn a little bit. You know, one of the things that really makes me sick is when you have this really nice, big, fat piece of fried chicken. And it looks so good. And you bite into it. And it's got blood in it. Oh, that makes you just sick, doesn't it? You can't stand it. That's what God says. That's what God says about those that are lukewarm. He says, I can't stand it. I wish that you were cold or hot, but not lukewarm. It makes me sick. I want to just vomit you out of my mouth. Jesus loves us so much. John chapter 3 and verse 16, God sent His Son that we could live forever if we obey His will. He died for us on the cross. But sometimes our lives cause us to to go cold. Or sometimes we don't go all the way cold. We, We pretend and we play church. We come a few times just enough that people does, they don't come to our house and knock on our door and say, we missed you. They're lukewarm. What would Jesus say? It was a bracelet that a lot of people wore. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say to us this morning as a body of Christ if He was the one preaching the sermon this morning? What would He preach about? Would he preach about love? Would he preach about prayer? Would he preach about going on mission trips and talking to the lost and teaching them? Would he teach, talk to us about the need to be faithful to his cause? Jesus says, I know your works. Jesus knows where you're sitting. He knows if you're safe. He knows if you're outside. He knows if you're a faithful Christian that's striving to do what He would have you to do. But He also knows if you're gone cold or you're just on that halfway point and you're lukewarm. And that makes Him sick. Jesus wants us all to be faithful, to be in chair number three. Friends, I don't mean to be ugly. I don't mean to be too hard. 
But I am so concerned about your soul. I want everybody in this building this morning to understand. I want you to go to heaven and be with the Lord one day. But it's not what I want that's important. Jesus wants you to go to heaven. And you see, the people that sits in chair number one and chair number three are going to heaven. If they remain faithful to the day they die, they're going to heaven. But chair two, four, and five, they're going to miss it. You know what my dad used to tell me growing up? He says, Ben, if you miss heaven, you missed it all. Everything that we strive to do in this world, and if we miss heaven, we've missed it all. I ask you this morning, which chair are you sitting in? Won't you come while together we stand and we sing?